What's up, guys? You're now listening to Devo with Uncle Theo. Today is day 58, and we're going to cover Numbers chapter 32 and 33. So last time we left off, we learned that we were at the tail end of the first generation. They died off, and we got a new census of the second generation. And Moses is still alive. A lot of his counterparts aren't, though. His brother Aaron is gone. His sister Miriam is gone. And most, if not all, of the people have died up until this point now. And Moses is having to train this second generation. If you think about it, it's like a, a grandfather training his grandchildren to move forward and accomplish the purposes of God. And we're going to wrap up with numbers completing that. We're going to walk into Deuteronomy with that spirit. Now, if you can walk into Deuteronomy with that spirit, knowing that Moses has to train up his grandchildren, basically, I'm speaking metaphorically because his only grandchildren would be those of the tribe of Levi and the children he would have had with Zipporah. But metaphorically speaking, his grandchildren, he's training these children to obey God and remember the Abrahamic covenant, a land, seed, and a blessing. And it's working. This generation is on fire. They're more of a reputation of the faith of Caleb and Joshua. In fact, Moses has passed on a lot of his leadership responsibilities so the people can start lining up under him and respecting him and following him. And they're taking a lot of areas close to the promised land. And we started to see, even in their war, they have no casualties when they fight, which was miraculous. We saw them take out Balaam. We learned about the sinister plot behind what Balaam was doing. And now we're going to continue into chapter 32 and we're going to get something else interesting here. So the tribes of Reuben and Gad are going to want to settle in the land that they're conquering in the wilderness. And they're not going to want to go into the land of Canaan. Now, that should make all of your alarm bells go off because you should say, isn't this what this whole deal is about? Them going back into the land and God making them a great nation and blessing them. And if you did have those thoughts, you would be right. All your antennas should go up when you see them desiring this. But let's look at it. Verse one. Now, the sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad had an exceedingly large number of livestock. So when they saw the land of Jazer, and the land of Gilead, that it was indeed a place suitable for livestock. The sons of Gad and the sons of Reuben came and spoke to Moses and to Eleazar the priest and to the leaders of the congregation, saying, The land which the Lord conquered before the congregations of Israel is the land for livestock, and your servants have livestock. They said, If we have found favor in your sight, let this land be given to your servants as a possession. Do not take us across the Jordan. And that should raise every alarm bell should go off inside of you when you hear that. Do not take us into the promised land. The land that we see here is perfect for what we have. And this is no bueno. In fact, what does this remind us of? You remember back in Genesis when we talked about Abraham and Lot? Their possessions were getting too numerous and they had to separate. And Abraham told Lot, hey, look, you pick a place and I'll just go in the opposite direction. Lot looked up and the place that he saw was beautiful and it ended up being Sodom and Gomorrah. So I think we have part two of that right here. 
In fact, Moses knows this, and the way he calls it out is interesting. Let's look at that now. But Moses said to the sons of Gad and the sons of Reuben, Shall your brothers go to war while you yourselves sit here? Now why are you discouraging the sons of Israel from crossing over into the land which the Lord has given them? And then Moses is going to give an argument, a summary of what just happened. Do you not know what happened, why we were in the wilderness for 40 years? Because when I sent 12 people in the land, only two came back with a good report, which was Joshua and Caleb. And, and he said, we had to wonder 40 years. And it says here in verse 13, until those who had done evil in the sight of the Lord was destroyed. Now behold, you have risen up in your father's place, a brood of sinful men, and add still more to the burning anger of the Lord against Israel. For if you turn away from following me, he will once more abandon them in the wilderness and you will destroy all these people. And so basically what Moses is saying is, God just, just killed off one generation. He doesn't mind doing it again, right? He's eternal. He can wait another 40 years. He can go 80. He can go 120. God has all day because he created the day. And so their argument to Moses here in verse 18, we will not return to our homes until every one of the sons of Israel has possessed their inheritance. And so what they're saying is, don't get it twisted, Moses. We're going to help you. We're going to go over there and fight. And we will not return back to this area until every single one of the tribes has their possessed land. But we want to stay here on the east of the Jordan. We want to stay here over here in this area outside of the promised land. So do you see the subtleties of that? We're going to do everything the Lord has commanded. We're going to make sure you all are fully settled. But we're going to go back over here because we like this land better. And it's subtle, but these are stress fractures. And we'll see them develop more and more again as we see the nation divide. And Moses knows this. Look at what he says in verse 23. Moses says to them, okay, if you arm yourself before the Lord of war and all of you armed men cross over the Jordan before the Lord until he has driven out his enemies from before him and the land is subdued before the Lord, then afterwards you shall return and be free of obligation toward the Lord and toward Israel. And this shall be your possession before the Lord. But if you do not do so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord and be sure your sins will find you out. And I love this verse because this is the verse that a lot of grandmothers use when we're little children, we're playing and we tell our grandmother we have good motives for why we want to do what we want to do. And your grandmothers, be sure your sins will find you out. And they sure always do. Uh, evil is always exposed. And so Moses is leaning on that saying, hey, this sounds fishy. This doesn't line up. But I'm putting this in the hand of the Lord and be sure that your sins will find you out if you're not doing right by God. And that summarizes chapter 32 and we move into chapter 33. And basically all chapter 33 is a review of the journey from Egypt to where they are now. Let's just start the chapter off. I won't go through all of this review because if you've been tracking with me, we went over this. But let's step into it some. It says, these are the journeys of the sons of Israel by which they came out from the land of Egypt by their armies under the leadership of Moses and Aaron. Aaron is dead. 
And so you see, this is a review here. They came out of Egypt. Moses recorded their starting places according to their journey by the command of the Lord. And these are their journeys according to their starting places. And so you're going to go from a starting place. Look at where they start. They journey from Ramses. Remember, that was in Egypt in the first month on the 15th day of the month. And on the next day after Passover, that's accurate. We're back in Exodus 11, 12, and 13. The sons of Israel started out boldly in the sight of the Egyptians while the Egyptians were burying all their firstborns whom the Lord had struck down among them. The Lord had also executed judgment on their gods. And remember, we went slowly through that to show how Yahweh declared war on the false gods of Egypt. And Moses is summarizing that. And so he summarizes from there all the way to verse 8 and 9, where they were in Marah, where they tested the Lord, all the way to verse 14 to Rephidim, where the people had no water to drink, all the way until the death of Aaron. Look at verse 38. And Aaron the priest went up to Mount Hor at the command of the Lord and died there in the 40th year after the sons of Israel had come from the land of Egypt on the first day of the fifth month. Aaron was 123 years old when he died on Mount Hor. You get the, the death of Aaron recorded. Verse 50, Then the Lord spoke to Moses in the plains of Moab by the Jordan opposite Jericho, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel, saying to them, And this is where they are now. This is where they are before they enter the land of Canaan. And so it is believed that Moses would have wrote all five books of the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, right here at the plain of Moab. Because remember, they leaned on oral tradition a lot, and that was their scripture, oral tradition. And Moses would have recorded it, and then we would have moved to our next biblical author, which is found in the book of Joshua. And so our and our chapter ends with instruction about what they're to do when they go into Canaan. Verse 51 says, speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, when you cross over the Jordan in the land of Canaan, then you shall drive out all of the inhabitants of the land from before you and destroy all their figure stones and destroy all their molten images and demolish all their high places. And you shall take possession of the land and live in it. For I have given the land to you to possess it. You shall inherit the land by lot according to your families. And the larger you shall give more inheritance, and the smaller you shall give less inheritance. But listen how this closes out in 55. But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, it shall become about that those who you let remain will become as pricks in your eyes and as thorns in your sides, and they will trouble you in the land in which you live. And as I plan to do to them, I will also do to you. And this is something we have to learn about obeying the Lord. The Lord taught that there are blessings for obeying him and curses for disobeying him. And notice how sometimes God lets the people plunder the nation that they conquer. Take what you want, livestock, cattle, articles, even take prisoners of war. We saw that with Egypt. We saw that, we saw that in the wilderness. But God says, when you get here, I don't want that. And so a lot of times we get confused with what holiness looks like. You can't take any part of the world. You can't do any. You got to be separate. That's true if God says it. 
if God says you need to be separate in that area, but sometimes he says you can plunder certain things. And sometimes he says, I don't want you to plunder that. Put that under the ban. And so we have to become more spirit-filled people to lean and trust the Lord in what he wants us to do in a specific moment instead of becoming legalistic and black and white and saying, oh, okay, no, that's of the world. I can't do that. No, follow the Lord and see what he wants you to do. That may not be under the ban. That may be redeemable, but this may not be redeemable. But if you're led by the spirit, you can discern the difference. So this really helps my thinking when I see how God is moving throughout the Old Testament. And this helps us how to operate today. And which is why Paul said we should read the Old Testament because we learn more about the character of God. When we see a command in the New Testament, we got so many illustrations of how he's moved in the past. It helps explain that verse because we've learned the character of God. We've gotten his mind. We know his heartbeat. And so we can better exergy texts when we come to the New Testament because we spent so much time with him in the Old Testament, which is 75% of the Bible. And so let's continue to do that together, guys, as we're about to wrap up numbers and move into Deuteronomy. I hope you're still rocking with me because I'm going to keep trucking ahead. You guys have a good day and take care.